Welcome to a brand new edition of Eons. I'm Omar Moore. Watford's wild win over West Bromwich Albion. Watford 3, West Bromwich Albion 2. Watford with three massive points to get themselves back into the playoffs as there are now just 13 games to play for the Hornets and these are 13 cup finals. I'll be talking about the game plus Espria. What has happened? Why isn't he playing? Something to think about, something I'll be talking about on this brand new episode of Hello, all the fans. Thank you so much for your support. Uh, important win today. Scoring as well. I, I get man of the match. So thank you, everyone, for your support. See you. And thank you, man of the match, Ken Summer, for your two goals in the Watford victory. And yours was the winning goal. You started and you finished. And finishing was the name of the game as Watford defeated West Bromwich Albion by a score of three goals to two in a mammoth, mammoth game at the Vic on Monday night. It was Monday night under the lights at the Vic, a place where Watford had not won since January the 14th. That's right, January the 14th, five weeks ago. Watford hadn't scored first at home since then. They beat Blackpool two goals to nil on that Saturday. One of the rare Saturdays this season in which Watford had been able to get three points. And this is a Monday night. And so Watford knew that they had to win this game. Coming in, they were outside the playoffs, two points off the playoffs, and West Bromwich Albion and their opponents were two points behind them. And this was always going to be a game that was edge-of-your-seat stuff. A massive opportunity for Watford, a momentous game, especially coming off the very disappointing ending to the Burnley game just last week. Watford were looking to bounce back and finally get a performance that would push them over the line. And they got that in this game at the Vic. Now, it wasn't the greatest performance. It wasn't a bad performance. I thought a very good performance, or rather, shall I say, a good, solid performance. That's the word, solid. But there were shaky moments. I'll be talking about those as well. But look at the Watford lineup to start with in this game. There was a 4-2-3-1. That's what it looked like to me. As Daniel Batman in the sticks once again for Watford, as he has been all season long in the championship. And then the back four, Gaspar on the right side. And then that center back pairing of Porteous and Hurdle, or Hoot, I guess is the proper pronunciation of his name. And the two center backs have a great relationship on the pitch, and it really does show. And then on the left side, it was Morris, James Morris, starting for the Orns. And that was in place of Hassan Kamra, who was injured, according to Slavin Bilic, and may miss up to two weeks, if not, maybe a bit more. We'll see how that progresses. So that was your back line in this game. And then you had the two in the middle holding, Chaudhry and Kone. Kone roamed a little bit more forward in this game at times. And I'll talk about Kone in a few moments. And then you had your forward line of Saar Jao Pedro in the middle. He was named the captain 
today and then Ken Semmer on the left side as well with Davis up top and that was your Watford lineup to start this game against West Bromwich Albion side who themselves have been in a poor run of form lately Watford had drawn their last three games in a row and had been winless in their last five overall I believe or maybe their last four and Watford were looking to annex that as they took on a West Brom side who themselves had been in a sticky patch of form, as I said. They had not picked up any points in their last three championship games, if memory serves me correctly. Well, maybe not true. They hadn't picked up any wins in any of their two or three last championship games that they played. And this is a West Brom side who had been languishing in the bottom three or four of the table for much of the first two or three months of the season. They got a new manager in, Carlos Corberan, and things started to turn around after he lost his first game. They ran out with a belief something like nine consecutive wins. Really shot them up the table. And that's why they are now in playoff contention. And they have some very good players on that team. As we know well, Daryl DK, the former Barnsley player. Who of course is an American who played well for Barnsley when he was there. And a number of others who were tricky all night long. So this game got underway and the imperative, something I underlined on the Yuan Sunday Focus on the Yuan's WFC YouTube channel, the imperative of Watford to score first in these games, especially these games at home where Watford had not scored first, as I said, at home since the game on January the 14th against Blackpool. Watford needed to score first in order to win this game. That was one of the things I said in the Monday, excuse me, the Sunday focus. And Watford indeed did that with some pressure. They moved the ball well in the first half. Watford, I thought, could have moved it just a bit faster, perhaps. But they were very careful and deliberate on the way they moved the ball around for the most part in that first half. And their goal came. Keenan Davis, who forced the action and was very aggressive in the first parts of the first half, much of it, um, was the one who had a shot that ricocheted off the goalkeeper. And that parry was provided the opportunity for Ken Semmer, starting his second consecutive match since coming back from injury, to pounce and smash the ball into the roof of the West Brom net. Watford up 1-0. That was the all-important first goal of this game for Watford. And they got that on 22 minutes. They kicked on. In fact, almost a minute later, they scored. They almost scored again. It was a very close call. Saar should have made it. Um, either Saar or Keenan Davis, I forget which, should have made it two goals to nil. As it stood, they were not able to build on that lead. And West Bromwich Albion had moments of their own. In fact, before the Watford team scored, there was an opportunity for West Brom in the first 12 seconds of the game. And they had a couple of other chances of set pieces. Had the header been properly directed, it could have been a very different story at the Vic. But thankfully, as it was, Watford were able to hold West Brom at bay in that first half. And into the second half, they went. And West Brom made some changes. Certainly, those changes that they made, I think, affected the balance of the game in the second half, at least early in the second half, as Watford were on the back foot for the first, I guess, five or ten minutes of that second half. And then it was fitting then in that sense that in the 55th minute or so, West Bromwich Albion would score their goal. It's actually in the 56th minute. And who else but someone who scores basically once in a blue moon. And incredibly enough, that blue moon came for West Bromwich Albion as Connor Townsend got his first goal in, what, three or four or five years for West Brom? 
I mean, he has not scored very many goals in his career. And he popped up just when it counted. It was off a defensive mistake. Ball ping-ponged in the Watford area. And there was a clearance that was only half cleared. It may have been Ken Summer who was trying to clear it out. It fell to a West Brom player who was falling to the ground. Wesley Hurt was right behind him there. And the West Brom player managed to get the ball across. It got bounced into the path. and Maybe deflected off a Watford player. Got bounced into the path of an unmarked Connor Townsend who, who was quicker to the ball than the four Watford defenders who were just standing right in front of him. And he pounced on the ball and got it past Daniel Batman. And that was the equaliser. That's how simple it was. The vast majority of Watford goals conceded this season have been very soft goals. Very sloppy, very soft goals. And this was yet another one of those. Watford just did not defend well enough, I thought, to keep that one from going in. Townsend should not have been allowed to just wander in untouched and unmarked and pounce on that ball to give West Bromwich Albion a share of the points at that stage of the game. Watford were undaunted and the real focus of this match was Watford's character. Their character tonight was very, very important to the way this game ended up going. And Watford, to their credit, deserved these three points in the end. And here's how they got goal number two. Ball is down here to Morris for Watford. Senna. Conan. Joao Pedro. Crossed by Morris away. O'Shea. Stuffed by the initial shot, but not the second from Salah. It's Maila Salah. And the Hornets back in front by two to one. Well, Corny didn't connect, but my word, Saar certainly did. His ninth goal in this season's championship. And for the second time tonight, Watford lead against West Bromwich Albion. The cross by Morris. It came first to Ismail Corny. He didn't really get a connection on the ball. It broke then kindly to Ismail Assar. So Ismail Assar, whose last goal for Watford was against Reading a couple of weeks back or thereabouts, scoring his ninth goal of the season to draw level with João Pedro for the club leading goals. And that was a very important goal in the 66th minute. That was just 10 minutes after West Bromwich Albion equalised. Now there would be a pattern in this second half because West Bromwich Albion had made changes at halftime. And those changes did spring West Brom into action. But Watford were not ones to hang their heads. They bounced back, got that goal, a ricochet from Kone, who shot the ball at the goalkeeper, bounced back, and there was the waiting Ismail Assar, who pounced on the ball and slotted it home past the goalkeeper, Griffiths, to give Watford that 2-1 advantage. So Watford remained resilient in this game, a game that they had to win to get back into the playoff hunt. Very, very important win for Watford. But the game was not over at 2-1 because, once again, a sloppy defensive mistake would cost Watford. It was an appalling error by Dan Backman, the goalkeeper for Watford, who has been, I think for the most part, very good this season. But despite some big saves he made earlier in the second half, he hurt his own cause with an errant ball out to Hamza Chowdhury. 
Ryan Portia started off the move by passing the ball back to Backman. And with a West Bromwich Albion player lurking just right near Hamza Chowdhury, for some strange reason, Daniel Backman passed the ball straight and it was an errant kick to Chowdhury. It was a little bit too fast for Chowdhury. Chowdhury tried to control it, bobbled off of his foot, and it was into the onrushing path of that West Brom player. And that player was Jed Wallace, who made no mistake, burying the ball past Backman. And it was one of the sloppiest goals Watford have given away this season. And they've given away many of these kinds of goals. Not exactly like this, but sloppy goals that could have been avoided. Again, lots of the goals this season that Watford have conceded, as with last season, were not sensational goals, were not wonder goals. They were just silly, self-inflicted mistakes by Watford. And you saw that again with that second goal. It's something I don't think that Daniel Batman will be doing again for the rest of this campaign. He won't make that mistake again. But in, when in doubt, clear the ball upfield. I think Dan Backman knows that now. And Watford were back to 2-2. Again, Watford heads could have dropped. Watford could have felt sorry for themselves. But thankfully, they didn't decide to do that. Sarfa Sema. Sema shot reflection. Goal. Oh, goal. Eric Peters. Seven shot hammered in, and there Peters, deflection takes the ball, beyond goalkeeper Griffiths who had no answer, could not move his feet to get to this at all the goalkeeper, and Watford now for the third time tonight, in keeping up, take the lead, back in front, this one though does have a huge slice of fortune about it, Ken Semmer, who got the first goal tonight, then had one ruled out moments ago. This shot here. Deflects in off Eric Peters to make it 3-2 for Watford. And although the goal was initially given as a Peters' own goal, it was Ken Semmer's second of the night. Ken Semmer shot the ball on target and it deflected in off of Eric Peters, who's a former Burnley defender. So that goal is indeed credited to Ken Semmer, his second of the night. He started and he finished. And that's exactly what he did. I'll start and so I'll finish. And he did. Ken Semmer got the first goal and then got the last goal of this wild contest at the Vic. Watford prevail by a score of three goals to two. And let me tell you, it was an exciting second half to watch. If you watched this game, if you were at the Vic, even more exciting for you as a Watford supporter. But if you watched this as a Watford fan anywhere across the world, you would have seen an enthralling second half. And it really was an exciting second half with the stakes being very high. When I come back, I'll be talking more about the game. And this was a better Watford performance than perhaps you might think. I'll explain why, coming back from the break. The clock hits almost those six minutes. Way here by Tortius. Well, full-time, and Slaven Bilic with the win over his former side, West Brom. Well, Carlos Corberanic now, 
in their last five games, just one victory. Watford break a, a five-league game winless run with a thriller. Ken Senna outstanding tonight, a hand in a couple of the goals. And the winning goal, his shot, a deflection off Eric Peters for an own goal. You see Watford winners here. They are back in the playoffs. Winners by the odd goal in five. Watford three, West Bromwich Albion two. Ken, two goals today. Congratulations. That must have felt good. Thank you. Yeah, of course. Obviously, I've been out a while now. You know, I have my, had my injury and stuff. So, so like, yeah, um, I'm happy with the goals. I'm happy with the win today as well. It wasn't uh, uh, a must win here at home. So, so yeah, it was a, a good one. Can you talk us through your, your first goal getting on the end of Keenan Davis's shot? Um, obviously, yeah, yeah. He had like a hat on target on the keeper, and then I was just there, you know, uh, and he just was like right on my foot, and I just uh, smashed it onto the goal. Um, it was an easy one. Uh, so, so, yeah, I'm happy with it. How good did it feel as well to celebrate in front of sports as well after, as you mentioned, your injury? Yeah, obviously, it was amazing. I you know, the while, you know, where um, on my rehab and stuff, I uh, I did everything I could to, to, to like come back here stronger and uh, and yeah, and um, scoring today, a win today, feels good, obviously. And your second goal, it's definitely on target, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah, for sure, <laughs> for sure, it was, it was um, a bit of uh, a luck, I guess, but you need to have it as well, you know, in football, so. So it was good. We didn't always play amazing today, but how important will this win now going into you know more important games like Sheffield United? Very, very important one. Now you know, like a win at home, important confidence as well, you know, and now against a uh, strong, strong team as well. So, so yeah, it's good. It's good. Brilliant. Top man, Ken. Thank Cheers, you, mate. Thank you so much. And it was indeed good, Ken Semmer on the double for Watford at the Vic on Monday night as Watford defeated West Bromwich Albion in a wild second half by a score of three goals to two. Before that, you heard the closing moments of the game. And that, of course, was music to many a Watford fan's ears. And of course, there, thank you to Watford FC for the audio there who for that interview with Ken Semmer, the man of the match. Now, for me, I really did uh, think that Kone for me, was the man of the match because he set the tone. I'll talk about Kone and a few other players in a few moments, but I do want to review one thing which I did not mention in the first portion of this episode of Warns, and that was that second goal for West Bromwich Albion should not have been able to stand. The linesman got it absolutely wrong with that one. Jed Wallace was offside at the time, should never have had that counted, had the championship had VAR, hopefully, Someone in the VAR room would have thought and sought fit to draw the lines. Of course, we saw that in the game between Arsenal and Brentford a few weeks ago, um, Lee Mason, who was in the VAR room that day, somehow it it skipped his mind to draw lines to see that uh, there was a Brentford player offside and now he's no longer part of the VAR situation. But I do think the championship needs VAR and it also, more importantly than that, needs sensible people who will just do the right thing and draw the lines and stay on top of these games and these decisions because the linesman got it absolutely wrong on Jed Wallace. Jed Wallace's goal should never have stood. He was offside when the, the play was going on in the build-up. He should not have um, been in that position, and he was offside. If you look at that again, and I've seen the replay about five different times now, he's offside. 
And you can't be goal side of the defenders and score. That is not how football works. But these linesmen, they seem to invent new and very bizarre ways of giving goals when Watford play games. This has happened to Watford forever. Look, there are ones that Watford get the rub of the green on sometimes. Very rarely, though. And they normally get the rub of a bunch of thorns in their backsides because these linesmen continue to stab Watford in the backside and everywhere else when it comes to these decisions. That should never have stood there against uh, against uh, Watford tonight. You cannot give West Brom the goal in any scenario there, in any circumstances. You cannot give West Brom and Jalbin a goal where they're offside. Jed Wallace offside all day long. And the funny thing is, less than a half minute after that, Ken Semmer was offside. Correctly, he was clearly offside. And the referee and the linesman, they, they somehow saw that. But they couldn't see the one just 30 seconds before with Jed Wallace. Unbelievable. That is the kind of shenanigan that Watford have to put up with all season long. They've been dealing with this forever with these linesmen and referees who just can't make the right decisions at all. Just can't get the, the calls correct. It's embarrassing. And it always ends up hurting Watford. But Watford were able to overcome that anyway and get that all-important third goal, Ken Semmer's second on the night. To give Watford those three points, they now move up to fifth in the table ahead of the games that will be coming up this week. Watford then getting that win. They've got 13 more games to play. They are in fifth place. They have 50 points. That's an important point total now with these 13 games to go because I think, and I said this last week on social media at Yawns WFC on Twitter that Watford will need to get, now this is before the West Brom game I said this, Watford will probably need to get eight wins, seven or eight wins and maybe a draw or two to get themselves into the playoffs. And I think Watford are going to make the playoffs. I do think they will. I predicted before this game today that Watford would beat West Bromwich Albion. And I've also put my predictions out for the remaining 13 games as well. I think Watford are going to go into Bramall Lane and get three points there this Saturday against a Sheffield United side now who suddenly are without a rudder. They are absolutely rudderless now. And they've lost two very difficult games. They lost the game against Millwall the other day by a same 3-2 score. In fact, that game and this game have some similarities to them. But the bottom line here is that Watford got a very important game today. It was a really important win. And Kone, who I told you I'd speak about, I thought was the big reason why. Now, look, there were lots of Watford players who earned their stripes in this game at the Vic. I think James Morris had an outstanding game. I thought Ryan Porteous was particularly good as well. Now, I know that he was involved in the mistake that Daniel Backman made, but it really wasn't Ryan Porteous's fault. He passed the ball back to Daniel Backman, and Daniel Backman just made a very strange pass to Hamza Chowdhury. What Daniel Backman should have done, instead of trying to play it out from the back, which I'm sure his manager has told him to do, is just kick the ball downfield. Especially when you've got a West Bromwich Albion player lurking around the 18-yard box. You do not want to play that pass in short. Because if your defender doesn't get that right or there's a divot in the pitch, and there would never be a divot on Scott Tingley's pitches, that just doesn't happen. But if there was some situation where Watford were on the road 
and you pass that ball short and for some reason your defender takes his eye off of it or he trips or he slips. Remember what happened to Steven Gerrard years ago at Anfield against Chelsea and Denver Bar. You know all about that. If that happens, it's trouble. It's absolute trouble. And so you do not want to do that. I know most managers these days in the Premier League and in the Championship, they preach playing out from the back. They don't want the ball to come straight back into them if they kick it long downfield and get the same situation. They want intricate passing. They want to stretch the pitch. They want to hold possession. They want to be able to sustain possession and move the pitch and move players around going from the back to the forwards, back to front. And I get it. That's what Watford were doing in that situation. But Daniel Backman, if you're not sure, that's the goalkeeper's fault there. It's not Hamza Chowdhury's. That is a fault, the fault of Daniel Backman there. And he, as I said before, he will not do that again. So look, there were things about the Watford performance that were not good. There were untidy things, sloppy things. But I think this performance was a good one, despite all of that. Good for numerous reasons. One, the magnitude of the game. Two, the character that Watford showed in this game, coming off of a heartbreaking, back-breaking, draw-dropping, last-second equaliser by Burnley six days ago. And number three, because of how important the occasion was, this was about a championship that they were pushing for in terms of playoffs. So that meant everything. A Watford side that had been winless in their last four games and that was a very important win for Watford. So the magnitude of this was very important. And the other thing that gives me reason to call this a good Watford performance was because Watford wanted the game. Their hearts were in it. Their souls were in it. They chased the ball. Kone was everywhere. I thought Kone was outstanding. I don't think he lost a ball once in midfield. He was retrieving the ball. He was recycling possession. He was making the smart pass. He was moving the ball upfield. He was wise in his spacing. He recognized where the danger was. He may have made one or two errant passes to Semmer in that first half. There was one that took Semmer a bit wide going forward. But really, those are the only mistakes that Kone made. He was good in defense as well. He cleared some danger. He got in one pickle, but was able to clear it uh, to a degree. And then and Watford um, had an errant shot from the West Brom player who shot the ball. But Watford, look, Kone really gave Watford a lot of composure, I thought, in this game. So did the captain, Jao Pedro, I thought was very good as well. Really led the line well, led that very well tonight. I think his presence on the pitch was very important. Even though Jao Pedro didn't get in amongst the goals, he was definitely somebody who made himself very busy on the night. Now, look, there are other Watford players I must shout out to. I thought Hamza Chowdhury had a very good game. I definitely thought that Chowdhury put himself about as he did against Burnley was named the man of the match there, well-deserved, because he absolutely made his presence felt. I liked what was going on with Ken Semmer, obviously the man of the match. But although, again, I think that uh, Kone set the tone for the way he played. It was very workmanlike from Kone. Very perceptive, a very forward-thinking, very progressive player. Someone who has bags of confidence. Now, there were a couple of games a few weeks ago during this winless streak where Kone somewhat disappeared but you could tell from mil from minute number one when the whistle went Kone was really switched on into this game and absolutely did everything to help his team win 
And sometimes you can do that and not really get noticed on the pitch. But what you saw tonight from Kone were the intangibles. Someone who was constantly on the ball and not someone losing the ball or making life hard for his teammates. He was a total team player, as he has been ever since he's got here. And I think that uh, Kone should be singled out particularly for his efforts. And again, other Watford players played their roles as well. Ismail Saar, who had a few moments in the first half he should have scored in, um, I thought was very active in the second half, really propelled himself into the game. There was something about Saar tonight. There was a cutting edge to Saar tonight. There was a moment when Keenan Davis and he were chasing down a ball going toward the West Brom goal. And Keenan Davis... Uh, was running down the channel, running through the middle. And then you saw Saw make the space and make the run the way he should. Made himself available, crossed over past the defender. And then the ball, um, he took the ball from Keenan Davis, essentially, and then just ran at goal, took the shot. He just hit the post, just hit the post. And here's how it sounded. Kone. Asar now runs on to Keenan Davis. Davis still. Sar takes over! And Senna hasn't scored. Somehow the ball wiped Mismail Asar, who holds the ankle now on the turf with an injury. Almost there, they retook the lead in the blink of an eye, Watford. And that was a testament to Watford's resilience. That was literally, literally less than two minutes after. West Bromwich Albion had equalised. Literally. Connor Townsend scored in the 56th minute and just getting into the 58th minute, just literally at the start of the 58th minute, Ismail Assar hits the post. Should have scored. He took a good touch to it and really put the ball past the goalkeeper, but it just hit the post, just nicked the post. It was a very good shot. And that's the kind of thing you want to see from your Watford forward line. Taking those kinds of shots, having that instinctual feel. You don't want to think. One of the things I criticized Ismail Saw for throughout a lot of this season was that he thought too much. He was taking too much time to release the ball, taking too much time to take that shot, taking too much time, hesitating. Some of that is due to a lack of confidence. But what I saw in this game from Ismail Assar, particularly in the second half, was the Ismail Assar that we saw in the World Cup. The same Ismail Assar that I saw in the World Cup. I mean, at Qatar. That was the Ismail Assar that we got to see at the Vic on Monday night. And it was the Ismail Assar that we must continue to see if Watford are to do anything at all in these playoffs, of course, if they get there, the jury still out on that. But right at this moment, they enjoy a playoff place if the season were to end today. But it doesn't end today. The season goes on until May the 8th or May the 6th. I think it's Monday, May the 8th, if memory serves me, against Stoke City at the Vic. That's the last game of the season. Will Watford be in the playoffs then? Well, I think they will. But I think they'll get seven more wins here. I think, as I said, it will be seven or eight wins to get you in the playoffs with maybe a couple of draws. I do think Watford will lose a couple of games coming uh, over this next 13. But I think it'll only be two losses, maybe three at the most. But Watford, I think, will get into the playoffs. And it doesn't have to be flashy. I mean, I've heard that, and I didn't see this for myself, but there were some Watford supporters telling me that there were some Watford supporters on Twitter complaining 
weren't happy with the performers, were miserable about the performers, were really not happy with the way Watford played. And I just completely disagree with that assessment about Watford. Watford got a very important win. It was a character-boosting win. It was a win defined by Watford character. A team that had slumped to a 1-1 draw against the Burnley side who were nowhere in the game last Tuesday. A Watford team who still have a number of players injured. Tom Cleverley now gone for God knows how long. Perhaps even as long as two months, if not more. Sierra Alta, who's not played a game for several weeks now. He may not be back until goodness knows when. He's had surgery on one of his metatarsals in his in his foot. I mean, when you look at that, the whole Courtney House situation, which has been an absolute nightmare in the background, you have issues with a number of other players still out injured. Speaking of which, one of them being Dan Gosling, who I think is going to be a very important contributor when he comes back. All of these things, as I said, Tom Cleverley and all the situation around that, as I mentioned, I mean, this is this was a very big character win for Watford. And again, on another night this season, they would have lost that game or they would have finished in a 2-2 draw. Proof in that was the game against Sunderland earlier this season at the Vic. Watford had a 1-0 lead in that game and a 2-1 lead in that game. And each time Sunderland came back to equalize and that game ended 2-2 when a Christian Capricelli mistimed jump allowed for a Sunderland player to smash the ball unmarked into the back of the Watford net. And that really, again, was what Watford would have usually done in these games at the Vic, because that game back in September was at the Vic, and Watford should have been able to hold off Sunderland, who they're going to play at the second-to-last game of the season. So that game is one of the games that Watford did not lose in this particular contest tonight because that's how this game was shaping up, something like that. Watford have lost this kind of game earlier this season, the game against Queen's Park Rangers. Watford battling in that game, and they ended up losing that game 3-2. So Watford have played this kind of game before, and they've lost points in both of those. I liken the game against West Brom to the game between Millwall and Sheffield United over the weekend. That finished at 3-2. Same kind of game. Millwall scored, then Sheffield United scored. Millwall got back on top. Sheffield United scored to make it 2-2, and then Millwall got the goal late. That's exactly what these games are now in the championship. There's not going to be a pretty performance anywhere. Not even Burnley are going to have the same level of performance now in these final games. Why? Because it's the business end of the season, and you know what happens in the business end? People scrape and scratch, and claw, and make that big-time tackle. It's not about finesse in the championship. It never has been. And who wants it to be about finesse? If you want finesse, go to La Liga. If you want finesse, go to Serie A. If you want finesse, La Liga is there for you. But you're not going to get that in the championship, especially now in the business end of this season. You're not going to get it. And so for any Watford supporter who is upset or disappointed at the performance, didn't think the performance was good at all, take a look in the mirror before you say that because these Watford lads had tremendous character in this game. Tremendous character. They could have dropped their heads once, twice, and even more times, and they didn't. They were resilient. They had personality about them. They never gave up on the game. They never said die. They kept going. Even in the first half, when they were up 1-0, they weren't satisfied. They didn't rest on their laurels. 
They express confidence. They express belief. Could they have moved the ball a bit quicker? Yeah, maybe they could have in parts, but they were very methodical Watford. I thought the possession was very methodical from Watford. They had almost 60% of that. Watford were very good in possession in large parts of this game. In the first half, I thought they really did make the effort and they were very much committed to the game. You don't see that at the Vic very much anymore. How many times have we talked about where Watford don't come out of the gate at the Vic very well? Many times this season and last where Watford were not coming out of this game, or I should say were not starting these games properly at the Vic, were conceding the goals early. We saw this earlier in the season against Middlesbrough on Vic 100 night. They conceded the goal inside the first four minutes to Middlesbrough at home. And I said that Watford could not afford to concede first in these games. They have to get these home games where they're in front. Because if Watford get in front in these home games, usually they win. Now, the only exception to that this season was the game against Swansea. Watford scored first against Swansea, and then Swansea would score the second, the, the next two goals, the contest, and that was that. But apart from that this season, I do not remember any other time where Watford scored first at the Vic and lost the game. And, won, and, uh, lost the game. and there's only one occasion this season where Watford conceded first away from home, and then won. And that game was against Cardiff. If you remember, if I'm not mistaken, maybe I'm wrong about that. Um, I thought Cardiff scored first, and then Watford scored, and then scored again. So I think that's what might have happened, or it might have been that Watford scored first, and then Cardiff scored second, and then Watford rebounded. But the bottom line is, is that Watford do not usually win games that they concede in first. If you look at all the games this season, there's probably only one or two where they ended up winning when they have scored second. But I think Watford gave you a gritty, gutty performance. I thought that Watford's personality was there. I thought that they matured a lot in this game. I think João Pedro was a big reason for that. Kone, a big reason for that. And Kone's a new signing. And look at the players who've scored these last two games. João Pedro coming back from injury, scoring against Burnley. Ken Semmer, had the all-important assist in that game coming back from injury. And Ken Summer coming back from injury on Monday night to start his second consecutive game for Watford since coming back from injury, scored two goals against the Baggies. That is very important. Why? Because it tells you that the stability of the team is coming into shape and those veteran players, the reliable players, the Ken Simmons of the world and the Jao Pedros of the world coming back from injury now are making an impact, making an impact, making a difference. And that is why Watford ended up winning this game. I thought Kone again outstanding. There were a number of Watford players who deserve uh, a lot of plaudits in this game. Really did a big job. I think Daniel Batman's big saves in this game were a massive factor, more than people really want to let on. But no one should be complaining about this Watford performance. These games are going to be like this from here to the end of the season, from here till May 8th, or whenever that Monday game is falling on. I think it's May 8th. From here until May 8th or May 6th, these Watford performances are going to be like this. A lot of them are. You're not going to get too many where Watford are going to be world beaters. How many world-beating performances have Watford had this entire season? Two? Both of them 4-0 wins. And the performance against Burnley was very good. I think they're capable of putting something like that together against Sheffield United on Saturday. We'll see if that comes to fruition. 
But this is the business end of the season. And you can't be talking about flair and dash. Not now. Because now it's about footballing fundamentals. It's about passion. It's about desire. It's about wanting it more. It's about being up for the game. It's about executing your game plan. Watford had a game plan. I can't believe I'm hearing from some people um, who have told me, again, Watford supporters telling me that there are some Watford fans complaining about this game. I don't know what you'd be complaining about. You had, I just mentioned a bunch of players who I thought were very good. I just talked about the fact that Watford had a game plan. They were moving the ball up the pitch with a purpose. They weren't just whacking it. They weren't sloppily passing it. Now, the defense was sloppy for some of those goals that, that Watford gave up both of those goals that they gave up. But in terms of the content of their play, I thought they were very good. I thought they were careful. I thought they were professional and studious. Yeah, they made one or two mistakes. But I thought that this Watford side got the balance absolutely right. I thought Slavin Bilic's subs were very good. No complaints about those. The composure of this team tonight, I thought was outstanding when it really, really counted their mental toughness and resilience were everything in this game. As I said, they could have dropped their heads a couple of times, but they didn't and they kept searching for the game winner and the Watford of three or four months ago would not have done that. They would have been content to hold on to a point. In fact, they would have been trying not to lose the game and they would be clinging to a point. That's what they'd be doing. The Watford of last season would have absolutely lost this game at the Vic. They would have lost. This team is making strides and leaps and bounds, and it's still not a complete work in the offing yet. But I can tell you that Watford certainly were well, well valued for their win. They got good value here, and the fans did too at the Vic, and it was a well-deserved Watford win in the end. It's going to be like this for these next 13 cup finals. And Watford are going to have to keep grinding out results. The championship is never a flair league, never has been. This is about grinding out results away from home, in hostile places, in very difficult circumstances. And it means with all the adversity, you against the world, it means you having to dig deep. And I thought that these lads in this game against West Bromwich Albion at the Vic, a place that has not been the happiest of places for Watford the last two seasons, I thought this team responded to the occasion well. I thought this team got over the line well. I thought they were good professionals out there tonight, solid, solid professionals. I thought they did very well. And there's no complaints. How can you have a complaint about this game if you're a Watford fan? You got three points. Celebrate the points you got, the three points you got. And build on that now because that's now four unbeaten. Now they can put together a run. If they can put together another three points, which I think they're going to get, by the way, this Saturday, then you start to look at them as a team that might start to put pressure on Middlesbrough. Middlesbrough, they will have to deal with, and then think about this, Middlesbrough will be playing a game where they will be dealing with some competition that will keep them certainly occupied. If you look at what Middlesbrough have this weekend, it's not an easy game for Middlesbrough. It's not an easy game. Middlesbrough, in their next game, will be at West Bromwich Albion. There's no fait accompli there that they'll win that game. West Brom have got this sticky spell now that they're going through. Watford go to Bramall Lane. I think Watford are going to get that, those three points at Bramall Lane. I'm very confident about it. But Watford now are showing you something here when it really counts. 
And that is stringing together some good performances. I think good performances. And I think uh, they really can continue to kick on here. But they have to back this up and be consistent. And their defending has to be better for those two goals that they let in. They've got to have some better defensive clinics because this one was not a defensive clinic. But Watford got over the line and that's what the championship requires. It doesn't require that you give your all-time best performance, not even a 95% performance. It requires that you get over the line and get three points. Welcome back to Yawns. I'm Omar Moore. Watford win against West Brom at the Vic. A very important three points for the Hornets as they now return to the playoff spots in fifth place on 50 points. Goal difference behind that lot up the M1 who are in fourth. Middlesbrough seven points ahead of both of the local teams on 57 points. Just four points behind the Sheffield United side Watford will be facing this weekend at Bramall Lane. Of course, coming up on the Yawns WFC YouTube channel later on this week, a preview of that game between Sheffield United and Watford. But we have to bask in the glory of this one because this was a very, very important win. A good performance by Watford, despite some of the lapses that we saw. I thought that Watford played with some kind of audacity. They were audacious tonight going forward. They were absolutely a team that did not sit on their laurels and soak up, entirely soak up the pressure from West Brom. They were very competent. I think what West Brom tried to do is um, keep Watford off balance. They tried to play high up the pitch. I thought they were trying to press. Watford were able to neutralize that press a lot of the times. And I thought Watford certainly, um, I think, dealt with West Brom pretty well. But West Brom had their chances. There's no question. Had the finishing been better from West Bromwich Albion, we could have been speaking about a very different result tonight. But as it stood, Watford were able to get this one, a very important game that they certainly will look back on if they are to get into the playoffs as one of the pivotal ones that propelled them forward. And Watford certainly are in that position as far as this is concerned. But for me, I've got to talk about one other thing and one other person, that is Espria. Espria, a bit of a mystery now. He had been an impact player coming off the bench for Watford. The 19-year-old Colombian had wowed and dazzled at Watford this season, particularly, I, I think, most memorably in the game against Burnley, the third game of the season. On a Friday night, it was played, and Watford beat Burnley by a score of one goal to nil. The only team to shut Burnley out this season have been Watford, and they were very close to doing it twice. But in that game back in August at the Vic, Espria made an instant impact coming off the bench. His his nous, his ability to get the ball and be forward thinking with it and be audacious and daring with it, I thought was one of the things that stood out for me as a Watford supporter. And so now it's really surprising to know that Espria is not playing football. Why? I mean, he's been playing with the under-21s at Watford, but he's not in the Watford first team. He's not being named in the starting position and he's not being named on the bench either. I think he should certainly be there. But obviously there's something going on as far as that's concerned. Apparently there's no injury according to reports and what other Watford supporters have been saying. Apparently that's not been the case. And he has indeed been training in the under-21s with them. And he's been part of their setup. But my goodness me, 
Is it a situation where Slavin Village is saying to Espria, well, you should really keep training with the under-21s? Or is it a situation where there's some kind of discipline issue? And I tell you, I saw something that really lent me to the feeling that there was something disciplinary going on, disciplinary going on. And I felt that that was the case because after the final whistle, Slavin Bilic, uh, after beating his former club West Brom, was heading down the tunnel, heading into the uh, Watford dressing rooms area as he was going through the entrance and standing there was Espria. And he stood there, kind of had this look on his face, I can't even really describe it. And Sam Bilic walked right past him, right past him, didn't acknowledge him. Neither of them non acknowledged each other. And then right behind Fanet, uh, uh, Mr. Espria was Martins, one of the newest Watford players. And Martins did not play tonight. And yet Sam Bilic reached around the back of Espria to shake the hand of Martins, who was directly behind Espria. And then he just went on. I mean, I put this in four different screenshots on both Twitter at WFC and on Instagram at WFC. I put four different screenshots together there. And you saw that. You saw what looks really blatant to me that something I think was going on. Very, very strange indeed. But look, the plot thickens. Hopefully someone will get to the bottom of this in the journalistic field if you will, Andrew French and Adam Leventhal and a few others who do this would probably be able to solve this. But I don't know who can solve it now. Who knows? Who knows why Espria is not playing? Only time knows and only time will tell. And only the two, uh, two people involved will tell. But I guess that will be at another time. So Espria, again, go and look at those screenshots that I took. I posted them at Yuan's WFC on Twitter and at Yuan's WFC on Instagram. I think it's just a very strange situation. And it's something that's got to be dealt with at Watford before it becomes a distraction, before it tears a club house apart. Esprit is one of the youngest Watford players in the city. He's just 19 years of age. He dazzles when he comes off the bench usually. He's a player who is preferred to come off the bench than start. He's had some starts this season and he's not been particularly great in some of them but he's a very important voice very important and look the, the bottom line here and, and it's really something that has to be looked at the bottom line here is a spree is needed with this team and I think he can do really good things he I think is someone who can make the odd mistake here or there but he's someone I think this team needs to give a bit more flair and personality to at least the way they play on the pitch um, gives more personality, not necessarily flair, although he can definitely do that too. But this is about getting quality in the business end of the season. And look, it's not, it's not any kind of secret at this point that Watford need to get these seven more wins in order to get to the playoffs. And you can't sugarcoat that any other way. So look, Watford, I think, have got to deal with the situation with Espria. Whatever it is, I do not know what the exact situation is. All I know is he's not playing first-team football for Watford, and maybe there's some discipline issue, or maybe it's something to do with an injury or whatever it is. But again, I have um, you know, just no idea what's really going on. You really don't want to speculate on these things. All I'm saying is, is that Espria is worth more to Watford than he is not, uh, when, than him not being there, I mean. So... We'll see how this develops. But again, a very, very important 
massive, massive three points for Watford. And they saw themselves over the line against West Bromwich Albion. Follow along on Twitter at WFC and on Instagram at WFC. Don't forget to subscribe to this podcast that you are presently listening to. The Yawns Watford FC podcast is available wherever you get your podcasts in numerous platforms and available for you to share, download and listen. Spread the word right now. Final score from the Vic, Watford 3, West Bromwich Albion 2. Watford score three goals at home for the first time in a long time and score first at home for the first time in a long time and win at home for the first time in a long time. A very important victory for Watford to savor and for Watford fans as well. Thank you very much for listening to this episode of You Orns. I'm Omar Moore. And until next time, and now a Yuan's update. Andrew French of the Watford Observer has confirmed in a tweet to me that there's nothing sinister, no issue at all around Espria being left out of the Watford team and the Watford squad. Slam Bilic, he says said last week that he felt that they had had to overuse Espria during this campaign and that as a young player, Espria needed a break from the firing line. So no issue around Espria and all of those kinds of scenarios can be put to bed now. And there you go. Thank you, Andrew, for that confirmation. The ball stolen well there by Mario Gaspar. Combines with Ismail Assar. Poked away. Here's... uh... Townsend to clear, picked up there by Chowdhury for Watford. Chowdhury, Mario Gaspar, Keenan Davis on the turn, clawed away, Ken Summer from close range to hammer home for Watford. A chance he could not refuse. Ken Summer's first goal in the league since October for the Hornets. And the ball broke off the goalkeeper's gloves. Seminet to profit to make it 1-0 for the Hornets.